You want to listen to a song, plug your fucking AirPods in and open up Spotify. (laughs) That ass, like, what the fuck are you at a club for? (laughs) Especially during COVID, bro. Like, Welcome to the Empty Opinions Podcast. Bitch. (laughs) I love that tag so much. Man, this was one of my favorites. It definitely sets the tone, you know what I mean? Like, you know, as soon as you hear that bitch in there, you're like, this isn't going to be no fucking NPR podcast. <laughs> and then yeah, I hit him with this kind of music that I don't, you know, it's like, yeah, it's, nice. it's got a bounce to it. Yeah, it's, um, it's Dominican music. It's like a Dominican genre called Dembo. Dembo. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very, it, it's very unique. Recently, you know what's funny? I recently saw this white girl that said she listens to them both and i was like wait what it confused me i was like i had to go to her dms i was like wait hold on i was like wait you listen to that shit she was like yeah i was like the dominican introduced you to it i was like i think it was a mexican but who fucking knows? i was like all right whatever uh, it just caught me off guard because like that genre that style of music is very local mm-hmm. you know what i mean um well more about that girl though i mean that you ever like okay let's let's talk about this Cause this just popped up into my head. How many times do you for okay? Do you unsend messages on Instagram? No, I don't either. I think that's the most loser shit you could ever do. It's Save so chest. Yeah, exactly. It's like so loser. It's like it's like guys that slide into girls' DMs, right? And if they get left unseen, they unsend the message. I don't mm-hmm. fucking do that. That's that's for losers. Like, I don't, I don't, you know what I mean? Just take that L and just move on. Like, why do you gotta, because it makes it look worse, it mm-hmm. makes it look worse, right? When you, like, unsend a message and the girl might know that you unsent it, even right. though it doesn't say it. She probably, oh, it was this guy. Dude, Dude, I kid you not, probably, like, once every five, six days, I, I have my phone blow up and it's such and such or this person has unsent a message. I'm like, who the fuck is unsending messages, bro? Yeah, especially after a long time, probably it's like, who's going back to the to the convo and being like, oh, I don't like that. It's like, no, just let it go. I feel like people get stuck in that. Yeah. I got mad because one of my friends told me, she she said, you look like you unsend messages. And I mean, that was probably the, the worst insult anybody has ever told told me <laughs> i was like i cannot believe like i was so offended i was like i can't believe this is how you think of me this is this is crazy um all right we have just introduce yourself your name and what you do really quickly because i don't want to mess up your name what's up what's up my name is ron b um i'm the dj in the city of philadelphia all right we got ron b in the house shout out my man eladio for having me too hey. man much <laughs> mad love thank, no thank you thank you for showing up because i mean yeah, let's just talk about it. You're are you a professional DJ? You are a professional DJ, right? What do you consider professional? I have this conversation with my paid. dad all the time. Getting paid from it. Absolutely. And making a living. That's professional. I think it's okay. as simple as that. And you get paid from it and you make a living, when right? You do it as a profession, right? Yeah, exactly. I think that's what a professional I mean, that's I think the goal for anybody who does anything creative is just right. to get paid from it. You know, even enough to make a living out of it or just enough in general. Like I'm waiting for the time that that comes with this fucking podcast, It'll you know come. what I mean? Or any other content that I'm making. Um, you know, I think that's just the goal for anybody. So, yeah, you are a professional DJ. It's, I don't think there's yeah. any debate with that. Um, let's talk about, like, the misconceptions of DJing. Because there's a lot of them. People, it's like a quick joke that everybody makes about DJing. Absolutely. That always confused me. Because I remember... DJing is something that is being in the back of my head, not as a professional or anything, but just like as a hobby because I like music. Right. So it was like, 
I always like I always find it cool when people are able to make like transitions and like mess with the songs and do like because I I love like perfect transitions from song to song. It's like one of my one of my favorite things to listen to. So I downloaded the DJ the DJ Pro app. You was mm -hmm. it DJ? Oh, what was that like on your iPad or a MacBook? Well, I did it. Yeah, the algorithm, uh, the, you know, DJ uh, software, and now I would mess around with it, and I would be able to kind of do it, but not really. And that's where I was like, I don't understand how anybody can make fun of DJing. Because people think DJing is just playing one song after another. Right. That's not what DJing is. You actually have to... Okay, well, I'll let you explain it. Because, I mean, you're the DJ. So, so like, what what does that bother you? The, the, the misconceptions that people have or, like, the kind of jokes that people make about certain shit? Like, gun things like that? Yes and no. Because at the end of the day, it's like, it's just smoke in the air to me. Right? Hmm. Like, okay. anybody could buy a MacBook and play some music and yeah. say they're a DJ. And I had this conversation last night with one of my friends. I was like, look, there's people that play music and then there's people that DJ, right? Mm, you okay. Just because you could have a MacBook or equipment or whatever the hell you have doesn't mean like you know how to read a crowd. You know how right. to show up to somebody's wedding day with the right with the right music, like the right vocals because you have to make announcements at private events like that. You have to be able to know what this crowd wants if right. they didn't tell you. And yeah. as a rookie, like I struggled with that even at college parties. You went to Temple, right? Yeah, yeah. I did a lot of college te college parties at Temple when I first came, and like I knew how to DJ in a basement, right? DJing for mixes for myself. Yeah, yeah. But now I'm at a frat house, and I'm like, I really don't know if like what I practice at home, right, is when it's going to work here. Yeah. So do you? So do you? So you create a set beforehand, or how? Yeah. How does that work? So you create a set beforehand, but Some how does do. that? Okay. So do you do it? No. Okay. So you go off of just. I go off the dome, but I'll also like, for example, if I'm doing a wedding, I'm asking you what songs do you want to hear, what songs do you not want to hear. Mm, when I'm at the oh, club, yeah. I I might practice around for like the hour, like. 5 p.m. before I get to the club at 9 and I'm just gonna just blow all my steam off just to warm up and yeah it might refresh my memory but I'm not going into the club saying hey this is the folder of music I prepared for the night and this is the only folder I'm playing yeah I, I, some people do that shit right and I feel like that doesn't really work because you can't really like you said you got to read the crowd so it's like what if you have to take a left turn exactly yeah exactly what if you want to have some more fun yeah, exactly. Something like, okay, this will go great here or whatever. But I never thought about the songs that people don't want to hear. That's a good point because I never thought about that. You always think it's like, yeah, well, has there been, okay, in your experiences as a DJ, are there any experiences you can remember where like you played a song that there was like an audible, invisible reaction that people did not like? <laughs> like I'm sure there has. I'm trying to think of one. Um yeah, because, I mean, I, I can't just imagine. I mean, it's not, like, in my head, I'm just picturing you playing, like, some, so whatever song, and the people was like, boy, it's just like, yeah, Man, yeah. People, I get that all the time, though. Yeah, people do this. <laughs> people are just going crazy in the, in the, in the crowd. So, yeah. on my birthday, I was playing at a spot in Cherry Hill. I won't name no names. Um, and I'm going in. Like, I know I'm going in because the entire crowd is rocking with me, except okay. for the table right in front of the DJ booth. Oh. And they're in my ear like this. Or they're in my face like this. Oh, like, just no. cut really? the music out. Cut the music out. They wanted some ATL shit the entire night. Were they Were they important or were they just no. in the front? Absolutely. Like, they were okay. just in the front. Just 
No, oh just my god that's like heckling for comedians just like a, a group of like whatever how many people five people or whatever right. like nah yeah and nah, it was like, like that. it was very nerve-wracking and it was also like damn oh these people don't fuck with me right and then you look past them and it's like yeah but everybody, everybody else, else is having fun yeah exactly do you when it comes to transitions do you how do you do that because i find this interesting do you ever like come across certain transitions from song to song by accident and then you keep that in the back of your head yeah. it's like oh this will be this will go great yeah um yeah just by practicing and like doing preparing your sets so like like we were talking about earlier i don't prep my sets for a gig a certain gig or a right. certain event but my folders on my serato are very detailed to a point where if i download music i know exactly where i'm looking so think about Back in the day, before we had laptops, you're going to the club with crates of records, right? Yes. Like milk crates full of records. Right, right. How are you going to find that song? If you're going to go through like 100 records, you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Like, that's crazy. You'd be digging like, what the fuck is going yeah, on Yeah, which was here? next? So yeah, now, exactly. Now I just, now I know where my shit is. Yeah. So I'm all over the place, but I know like, all right, this is in this folder. This is over here. Right. And it works perfect for me. Yeah, that's... Okay, so that that's good that you kind of know you know where to pull from whenever mm -hmm. like if you since you're going with the flow, um, what how do you okay, when it comes to actually DJing, what are all the 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 things that go into it specifically when you have a song you have to go to the next one because this is a part that people don't understand because they think you just like do a a a, a uh, cross dissolve and just yeah. cross dissolve <laughs> from one song to the other and then that's the mix like what what are the different aspects of it that people don't realize okay you gotta check this you gotta check that like, okay um I think music is all math right so mm. when you say so if okay. you're tapping your foot to the beat right. Mm -hmm. You're counting to four. Right. That's one, two, three, four. Yes. That's yes. a bar. Right. So for me personally, my style of DJing is I like to play a verse and a chorus or like a quick chorus and out. Hmm. So when that chorus hits, a chorus will be 32 beats, eight bars. Right. So by the time the chorus is over, I want to make sure the second song is coming in. And as soon as the chorus is over, next song is on. Oh, that's interesting. So you don't even really think of the song as just whatever the the chorus is. You just know it as a as time. Like the chorus is thirty eight uh, beats. Thirty two, yeah, thirty two beats. So that's just you just count that kind of in your head, or you just have that in mind instead yeah. of like listening to what's actually going on in the song. Basically, and right. then it's like sound frequencies, right? So if I'm playing song on the right, a song on the right, and the next song is coming in on the left. I might cut the bass out on the right song that's already playing so you can yeah. hear the bass of the left song. And right. then by the time the chorus um, on the right is over, the song is fully in effect on the left and the song on the right is muted because the chorus is done. Right. Yeah, that that all that kind of stuff I find it fascinating. What do you think about those apps? Like I know there's this one app on the Apple on the Apple Store that is almost kind of it's like a DJ app kind of. What the fuck is it called? I don't remember what it's called, but it does transitions for you. Have you ever seen this app? No. Like, they recently... I used to use it all the time, but they started charging, so I'm not using it anymore. But that's how I would get my DJ fix almost, right? Because they, right. they were able to do it. And I just... I, I don't know. Like, I've always found DJing fascinating because... Okay, so when you're a DJ, that means you also have to kind of keep up with all the music that comes out, right? Do you? Yeah. <laughs> right? That's it. That I feel like it's a rough thing about it because you also need to know, okay, what's popular. You need to right. keep track of like, oh, this is, and also like the different crowds of like, they're more into like this more underground type of, or these people want more popular music. Mm -hmm. What What's your favorite genre of music to DJ? 
to DJ. Um, yeah. I think recently I found what I really want to do mm. is I want to do more like upscale events, right? So okay. I want to do art shows. I want to do some weird Ooh. vibey shit where yeah. like I could play. I'm Indian. I could play a yeah. whole reggaeton set better than probably your favorite Latin DJ. That's I'll tell you that up. right now. Yeah, that's that's what's cool. Yeah. Um, I play a dancehall set. I play Indian music. I I love '90s hip hop. I love R&B. I really don't like playing mumble rap. I really hate it. Really <laughs> have you ever it. had to? I, I mean, yeah, well, mumble rap's been around popular, for like yeah. six, seven yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, it's so been popular, being so. in the clubs, I have to play. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's interesting. That okay, yeah. The the upscale thing is interesting. Like, will you do? Will you do like one of those weird events that are happening now where it's just headphones? Like everybody A has headphones. Event? Yeah. Would you do that? Nah, the budget's not big <laughs> enough. Uh, wait, what do you, what do you mean? Like they don't they don't pay enough. Really? They don't. Oh yeah. well, I guess because it's headphones, they probably think less. They they it's have a to smaller put less company rent, so it's like two hundred dollars mm. for a set. I get it. You got three DJs, so if you have a DJ budget of six hundred dollars, everybody will get two hundred. Yeah. But, okay. No. What what is does that pay well? Is is DJing is that a like a legitimate like when you go up there? I imagine it is because I mean yeah. I feel like you hear DJs like, I mean I've seen even actors that are getting into DJ. Have you right. seen that? Like yeah. the hoarder from Game of Thrones is a fucking Shaquille DJ. O'Neal. Yeah, just random people. Uh, uh, Paris Hilton, Elijah Wood. Yeah, they're all like wait, like fucking DJs. It's like it's wait like, what? Yo man, to each Strange. their own man. Everybody DJing is like I feel like it's so universal where like yeah, real recognize real even if you don't play the same shit. Right. Like you don't have to scratch, you don't have to do crazy turntable stuff to be a DJ. As long as you can rock the party, I'm fucking with you. Yeah, you know what I mean, I feel like that's a very unique skill set too. Like just guiding the vibe of a party. Like as somebody who I've realized this about myself, I kind of like tried to control the flow as opposed to go with the flow, and yeah. that's gotten me in a lot of issues and troubles. <laughs> like it, you know what I mean? Like I'm not, I, I, I have a hard time just going with the flow. So whenever like I have a party or a get together, I always want to control how everything is going. Right. Yeah. Like I hate the little fucking small, like micromanaging. Awkward, yeah. Like awkward silences. I hate that shit. Like yeah. I have to say something or do something. So I can only imagine that's like what DJing is. You kind of have to really, really control the vibe of it. You're the puppet master in a yeah. room full of dancers. That's crazy. Yeah. And at the end of the day, the job is, the job is so simple, and people miss this fact. It's mm. your, my job as a DJ at a wedding is to cater and make people dance. My job at a club is to make sure I'm selling drinks and bottles and making sure people are having a good time. If mm. I'm not selling drinks and bottles by playing the right music, I'm not. Why are you booking me? Right. So what does that mean? How do you, how do you, how does music get to that? Okay. Um, you've been to a club before or you've probably, yeah, I've, I've seen, yeah, I've been to a club. Yeah. I forgot you're not. Well, I've been to a club, like I've been inside of <laughs> right. it. You know what I mean? Now like, so at 10 o'clock doors open on in Philly. Right. And who's in the club at 10 o'clock? Early, I mean, the people who, people that work there yeah. or the fucking losers. You know what I mean? If you're at the if you're at the <laughs> yeah, club at ten o'clock, bro, clearly you don't have a pregame to go to. Yeah, yeah, you have nothing yeah, yeah. else to do. Yeah, yeah, you're just you're, waiting for the people to get there. Right. Yeah, yeah. So when it's ten o'clock, <laughs> yeah. I'm playing for the staff because yeah. I like to get to clubs an hour early. Yeah. At nine o'clock, I'm in the doors at nine, like nine sharp. I and like my former pa- partners, like fast past girl. Damn, I can't even speak. My past girlfriends, they'd, right. they'd hate it. Like, I'm not ready yet. Well, I'm like, I got to get to work. Well, yeah, that's your work. I mean, what the fuck? I mean, yeah. They're like, they're like, yo, but sets, music's still on at 10. I'm no, like, but not. I like to be in an hour early. Yeah. 
So about 9.15, 9.20, I'm already done setting up, doing a sound check, probably kicking game to one of the bartenders, taking yeah. a shot with them. And then I'm already using the bathroom. So by like 9.45, I'm ready to go. Yes. So do you... Um, so what do you do... This is an interesting question I've been thinking about. So for that, like, for the beginning, before all the people really start to get there, what do you play? Do you play the music that you like? Because I've always wondered, how do they do... So when you're a DJ, that's the thing that kind of bothers me about it. Do you completely have to remove your whatever music you like from the DJ set? I think it depends on who you are. Personally, for me, I have this rule called two for you, one for me. Okay. So I'll play two for the crowd, one for me. Interesting. And then two for the crowd, one yeah. for me. That that works. Does that... It makes it more fun. Yeah, I think so. Because I, I've always wondered, like... Because like you said, like your job as a DJ, if you're in a club, is to sell, you know, drinks and bottles and all that. And if you're just in a regular event, just to get them to dance. But like... I've always wondered if that throws off the vibe at all. I guess it just depends on what song that you personally mm-hmm. choose. And do they have to know the song? Is there? Do you ever play a song that you kind of know the crowd doesn't know? Or is yeah. that like, is that a sin when you're a DJ? <laughs> nah, I think it's actually impressive playing music that people haven't heard, people forgot about, or, or it's just brand new. Like, think about when In the Club came out in 2003, I think, right. or 2005. And Funk Flex from New York was the first one to drop it on radio. Yeah. People are like, yo, what the hell is That's this? That's true. But it was yeah. going crazy. That's true. So I guess you also kind of, you're you're a tastemaker a little bit when you're a DJ. We're influencers, low yeah. key. Yeah, that's what I, so then, then again, that puts even more pressure on you to keep up with the new music that mm-hmm. comes out. I can only imagine. Yeah, because I, <laughs> something I've done, because sometimes I like, like we've already established, I like controlling the flow. So I, I like to choose the music. Right. One of my problems is I don't do the two for me or, or two for them, one for me. I do like all for me. Like <laughs> I sometimes get carried away. I just look at all my favorite songs and yeah. they're like, I'm playing it. I'm like, this isn't the song that people would generally people like. What the fuck are you playing? Yeah, I was like, wait, I thought this was tough. I'm listening to 22Gs. Y'all don't like 22Gs? Do you know 22Gs? I know of 22Gs. Okay. I was told never to play them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I was yeah. like, and I asked the story behind it, and my best friend yeah. is like into the music. He's like, "Yo, you play Pot Smoke, you can't play Twenty Two Gs." But no, wow. the way I know your set, you play Smoke, you probably will never play Twenty Two. And I'm yeah. like, "All right, cool, I'm not gonna download it." Yeah, cause I does it have to do with this like the the rivalry, I guess, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, I mean Twenty I and also, I mean, just in general, like, I feel like you got to be careful when you play drill music because I yeah. feel like people, shit, I mean, talk about controlling the vibe of the room. I mean, people are going to go fucking nuts yeah. if you start playing some drill shit. That, that shit just makes you want to go violent. I don't know what it is. I used to play at a spot in Pensacola, right across the bridge, yeah. right? And three fights broke out that night. <laughs> three fights. Three. One okay. of the fights broke out to Mariah Carey. Oh, interesting. One of the fights broke out to 80s freestyle music. Okay. To a point where I had a jazz mix on my yeah. on my laptop. I played that for five minutes while they were calming the shit down. Yeah. And then they're like looking at me and my best friend hops on the mic like, nah, since y'all can't fucking party to shit, this is what we're going to listen to for the next five minutes. <laughs> okay. And they just start playing that. Yeah. Because I mean, if you start fighting during Mariah Carey, I mean, there's some hope for you, man. 80s I mean, freestyle, bro. Yeah. 80s freestyle. Yeah. Everybody just wants to have fun and starts jumping around. I, I, yeah. Like start break dancing. And Come on, bro. So maybe somebody started like break dancing and one of their, like, so they, some, they kicked somebody and that's how the fight started. I don't know. But um, what made you want to start DJing? Oh, What's man. the origin story of Ram B? 
The origin story. Okay. Um, I think it was a few family parties when I was eighth grade. So hmm. I know I was less than 14, 13 years old because I started at 14 or right before I turned 14. And I was at family parties and I just w- sat next to the DJ. I just like hmm. the dance floor was on and I was like, yo, I like being on this side better. And I didn't Ooh, know what the hell okay. he was doing. Right. No idea. Yeah. But I was just like asking for like yo how do i do this how do, what are you doing now and he was cool enough to like kind of explain shit to me and from that point on i was like yo djs make mad bread too mm, like, right at the time like rates were a hundred dollars an hour yeah Damn. and i was like okay so yeah, that's good music being on this side of the dj booth partying lifestyle and getting paid the way i want to get paid instead of your what eight dollars an hour minimum wage job right yeah, man. Yeah. That, okay. I totally see you being like, yeah, I'll rather do that. like 12, that. 13 years old. You're yeah. like, yo, this shit is banging. Yeah, yo. I, don't, I don't see anything wrong with that. <laughs> what have you What have you discovered that is like the cons of DJing? The cons of DJing. Okay. Yeah. Because, I mean, from the way you're describing it, it sounds perfect. But there's I'm living be the some, dream. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But, but I always want to know, like, okay, what are the little things that are, like, cons. annoying? Okay. Um, it's not necessarily like it's horrible, but you know everything has its own, its own little things that you can nitpick. So. My work schedule is all, like the opposite of everybody I love, mm, like my uh, family. Yeah. When they're off, when they're when my family's working, or my best friends that are not in the creative scene, when they're working, it's Monday to Friday. Right. When I'm at home, Monday to Friday. Yeah. So if I want to hang out and I'm free, it's like yo, let's kick it. Ah, I got work. I got work in the morning. Yeah. Now they want to hang out on the weekends. And I'm traveling. I'm at clubs. I got to be in Philly instead of being back home in North Jersey. I can't see my mom, dad, my sister. And I'm working on the weekends, and they're free. So there's yeah, a lot of rough. FOMO time, you know? Okay, I see. Yeah, that's definitely... Yeah, just a weird schedule of when, you know, DJing, it's... More on the weekends. Right, exactly. Just like... A, a, I think that's like my biggest con. Where like, mm. honestly... At this point in my life, it's like either you're worth my time or I got to work. It's like I got to really debate, like, do I want to work this week or do I want to take this weekend off and take this girl out on dinner? What's more important to me? Yeah, that's the classic, the fucking classic struggle of like career versus like, you know, relationships or right. whatever. It's like, yeah, that can be difficult. And uh, yeah, I mean, the, the person that you're with, that, isn't that funny that they like, almost never really get it? They it's don't very hard. It. It's very hard for them, because I think I mean women are kind of egotistical just in general, so they mm-hmm. will never understand. Are you picking that over me? <laughs> that the, that doesn't make sense. Fucking like right, them, I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To them, it's like so crazy that I, that notion. It's like, yeah, it's not that. I mean, it's you're making money from it. It's her profession. It's is you know, it's your dream job, like you said. You know, I mean, what the fuck? It's right. like, yeah. How do you bring that up to them? How do you say? Okay, everything else has to be around this, including you. How do I bring that around them? I'm straight up. Like, it's just okay. like, look, this is my job. And I remember, like, this girl I was talking to, like, a few years ago, like, a few mm-hmm. New Year's ago. Yeah. We just started talking, like, 10 days before New Year's. And mm. I'm working at the club on New Year's. I bought okay. her out. And I was like, look, before I take you to the club, I want you to understand that any girl that comes in the DJ booth is either a bottle girl a promoter or a model and i'm in the club with you you're in my booth if these girls yeah. walk in it's just it's just work hmm. okay. and i was like if you're not ready for that you could stay home 
Right, right, yeah, because the the jealousy that could come from that just seeing yeah, it was it was a young relationship, so it was yeah. like I had to be clear with you, like this is what my job is, and this is what I'm doing with you, and right? Yeah, that's, that's that. that. Yeah, I could see. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. Um, okay, what what has been the biggest celebrity you've been around, like from just party or being in the party scene that you can remember, or at least maybe not the biggest, but the the one that stands out to you the most? One that stands out me to the most. Um, obviously, I see Ben Simmons in the club a few times. Mm, that's cool. I don't really care. Did you tell him start shooting threes? No, I. <laughs> Can't stand Ben Simmons. I'm not really? a Sixers fan. Like I hate oh, Ben Simmons. Like... Okay, well, okay, hold on. I gotta go change the camera real quick. So please, <laughs> while I go change the camera, I want you to go and your, you know, explain to me why do you hate Ben Simmons? <laughs> why do you hate him so much? Am I being recorded? Yeah, yeah, you're getting recorded. Ah, oh, shit. Nah, I can't. I can't do this. <laughs> Wait, why? Why? Like, do you see him too much? Nah, I mean, I see Ben Simmons, and, like, I don't know. I feel like he's a kid my age that's, like, the prince of the city, right? Right. So it's like, okay, you're a kid my age and just causing trouble. Dudes love you more than the girls do. <laughs> I mean, you walk into the club, and 30 dudes got their phones out, and the girls are like, well, who the fuck is that? <laughs> right. So but 30 the dudes got their flashes know. out. Right, right. And then they demand respect in the club. They come in. They'll come in and unannounced, right? So now we don't have enough security for you. You are a right. high profile fucking person in yeah, this city. You know how Philly gets. Yeah. And it's like you're just gonna come and announce and we don't have enough security for you. And I can't speak for all the venues, but I think it's just like he's just a twenty three, twenty four year old kid with money and he's kind of an asshole. Oh, interesting. So he's like that kind of like that type. Yeah. Of like rich per okay, I understand. I can see like, why you're not from here. I'm not from here right. either, but it's like, bro, respect respect the city a yeah. little bit. Start shooting like some it, fucking threes too. Right. I mean, exactly. I think that's the biggest. That's my biggest issue with him. But so, so you don't feel like he kind of respects Philly? That's interesting. Not like, or just the way he acts around people from Philly is yeah, what the second one. You. Yeah. So, the, I don't want to get into too much trouble. Like, I might get I mean, fired. I mean, oh right. Well, what? I mean, look. Uh, this is me talking right here. Yeah. Ben Simmons is a fucking asshole. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> No, I mean I don't know. I mean it's it's like I see Ben Simmons. I see I've seen him a lot before COVID in the random clubs. But I think the coolest celebrity I've been around, Chadwick. Oh, Chadwick you, you've been around him. So oh, my man. first night DJing at Noto ever. Noto's the spot on Twelfth and Vine. It's the okay. biggest club in the city. Like yeah. Meek Mill's good friends with the owners and shit. Oh wow. Okay. So, um. I opened for DJ Hollywood. Just shout out DJ Hollywood. This is like my OG. Shout out DJ um, Hollywood. Opening is like the earlier set, and then he headlined the main set. So I was on from 10 to 12.30, I believe. And then he played for the rest of the night. And at the end of the night, Chadwick walked into the booth. I think Saquon was there that night, or that might have been another night. But mm. Chadwick was in the booth, and it was just like, it was cool just... I just went like this. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I just been like that, yeah, and he just, he just like, he just gave me a head nod, and I was yeah. like, I fuck with you, right? Damn, yeah, rest in peace. That's crazy. Yeah, you got to mm-hmm. see him. Um, and it was my first night DJing at Noto, so his loss kind of hurt because I was like a mem- like a memorial a big, night for me. It was right. like first time in the big club in Philly, and I saw Chadwick. So losing him about like what was it, a month ago, five six weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. That was I was crying in the club, bro. That's crazy. That I was crying. No, that was, that was a big loss. That was that was a fucking crazy loss. I mean, if when, right when you think twenty twenty can get fucking worse, then that happens. You're like, what the fuck? But um, 
You're mentioning like your your first night of Notos, right? And you're telling me all these clubs in Philly. I don't know shit about the club life in Philly. Right. I want you to explain to me, I guess, because it almost sounds like, like almost like if you ever played two K, like my player, okay. how you go through like stages and you start climbing up, and you go through some certain yeah. obstacles. It almost sounds like a video game. Like what? Are, mm-hmm. What is the journey to becoming like a big DJ, just in general? But Look, I don't know the journey because I'm Philly. not there yet. You know but let's mean? say in Philly. Um, I could speak for my experiences and because I feel like, like you said, you got to DJ at Notos. I feel like that's a that's an accomplishment. Like huge. you said, so it was huge at the time. Um, yeah. it, I still put it on my resume. But yeah. for somebody that comes to Philly to go to school at Temple, I was a second year transfer student, so I didn't dorm. I mm. lived on 17th in Montgomery. If you're cool with that area, yeah, area yeah. right. And yeah, no, there. Yeah. Only person I knew was my sister's sorority sister, who was my neighbor. Coincidentally, okay. right. right. So I'm coming here at 18, about to just turning 19 years old. I'm 24 now. I'm trying to get my name out. So I'm doing I'm doing frat parties. I'm doing co- like DJing on campus for free at the Bell Tower. Right. All that shit is free. But um, I was doing a lot of house parties from a point where I'm coming to class Thursday, Friday, and sometimes Monday hungover. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. I'm not going to lie, like, yeah, my parents are a little wealthy because they came here and worked. They worked their okay. asses off. They got, they, yeah, okay. Nothing like, fun. Listen. I won't say wealthy. I'm saying we're well off. We're yeah, not, well like, off. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, here's the thing. There's a certain thing. You mentioned that this is kind of making me mad because the fact that you kind of even have to clarify that. Because people have this weird, like, as soon as you maybe mention that you have money or, like, you're this or that, yeah. people are like almost see you as a different person. Like, put all these fucking different assumptions in your head. We're yeah. like... I've been talking to you for what? Let's for like thirty-five minutes now, right? Mm-hmm. You just sound like a person to me. I'm not thinking, oh, maybe he has money. And then right. as soon as you mention you, you may have money, I'm like, oh, you got money. He's, he's a but completely let me, different let me person. Clarify, like, my dad's turning sixty in a few months, and he still mm-hmm. works at four a.m. Yeah, every crazy. fucking day. I wake up. I, I leave my studio at four a.m., which is my basement, because I moved in with my parents. Yeah. And I hear I, when I hear the water turn on, I'm like, all right, time to go to bed. That's because I know my dad's in the shower. Wow. You know what I mean? That's that's, that's Monday to Friday, and he works 12, 13-hour shifts. Crazy. And he just recently started owning the store. Like, you know, it's a it's a corner store. It's a poppy shop. But this it's is... It's hard work is what you're trying to 40, say. 40 years of working there. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, he not, can put two kids through college. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just... You know what I mean? I, yeah, I, I, it just annoys me that, like, people have this weird connotation with that. You know what yeah. I mean? When, like, you can just talk to somebody as a person, and you you shouldn't really start thinking about that. Um, Are you com- from an immigrant family? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm from. I was born in the Dominican Republic. And you I was, moved here when you were young. Or yeah, right? when I was 11, I moved to Philadelphia. So yeah, totally know like the the, mm-hmm. the things of like your parents moving right. to a new country to then provide for you. And it's funny now that we're talking about this. So how was it then bringing up this idea of wanting to be a DJ? Because <sighs> if it's consistent with how my fucking journey is going so far, it's weird because your parents kind of want you to be. Because when they come to the United States, they're thinking, okay, they have this opportunity now to do the most professional, to be like, let's say, a lawyer, a doctor, mm-hmm. or whatever, in the United States, which is the, the biggest place where you could be that. It pays, so, it pays well. Exactly. And they, they want to open those opportunities for you. So I feel like when my parents moved to this country, they were like, okay, we want them to be a lawyer. It's very hard to then tell them, I don't want to be a lawyer. And now they're just like, oh. There's mad pressure. N- now mad they're pressure. like. Yeah, it's, it's mad pressure. It's like now you're just like, and then to me, like also the pressure comes in 
okay, I don't want to disappoint them, but I, and I want to show them that I am going to be successful. And I'm going to, that's, I think at the end of the day, that's really what you have to do is show them I am going to be successful. This, you know, moving to this country is going to be worth it because I'm right. going to take advantage of all the opportunities. But they see it as what's the safest way for him to be successful? What's the safest? And the, yeah. the worst part is. <laughs> If my sister's watching this, my sister's three years older. Mm. She's going to be a fucking eye doctor next wow. year. Wow. Right? And then yeah. you got the younger son that's a DJ. <laughs> right, right. My I sister mean, studies in her room. When she's not at rotations yeah. for eight, nine hours of the day, she's in her room studying for her board exams. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm in the ex- I'm, I'm playing Xbox and working on <laughs> yeah, music yeah, in the yeah. basement <laughs> yeah. all day. Yeah, yeah. I feel you. Yeah, because no, yeah, I have an older sister, too. An older half-sister. And that's kind of the same thing. I mean, yeah, sure, her graduating from college or whatever. Yeah. And they were like, oh, she's doing this. So what are you doing? Exactly. It's yeah, it's it's. But as long I think what I've realized from my parents, the thing that's made it easier is that I think they see that I'm not going to be a bum. I think at the end right. of the day, that's really what they care about. They don't want you to squander the opportunities that they didn't have growing up. Um, but they also want you to be a specific thing. But you kind of have to break that. Like, right. I, I'm not going to be that. I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. Um, but, yeah. But go. Okay. But I got distracted when you brought up, you know. When, parents. Yeah. Yeah. And but. The, Explaining it to my parents was it was hard because I brought it up to them in like 2011 when I was 13, about to be turning mm. 14. Oh, that's like, pretty yeah, this, young. This is what I want to do. And my parents didn't take it serious at one point. Yeah. And like it got to a point where I would battle with them like verbally like, hey, like this is what I want to do. And I was sneaking out of my house. I would say I'm sleeping over my friend's spot, but take a cab to the club to just learn the game. Like I'm not playing music, but I'm watching the DJs and they're explaining shit to me. And then from that, I got introduced to a bunch of private parties, Sweet 16 DJs, wedding DJs. Mm-hmm. So I was be- becoming part of the setup crew. So right. I'm learning how to wire up the mixer and turntables and speakers mm-hmm. where like a lot of DJs skip that step. You, you tell them to go to the club. They probably forget. It was like, oh, I also, besides DJing, I also have to set up yeah. a lot of this shit. Like so you like, can't just show up with your laptop and think, <laughs> yeah, it's it. already going to If done, something's yeah. not working, you got to troubleshoot. Yeah. So luckily for me, like that was step one. And then learning how to DJ was step two. Right. Learning how to st- like set everything up and troubleshooting wires was step one for me. So I feel like I've always had like an advantage in the game. And then when I started working with them, I was getting paid a little bit just to set up speakers and lifting speakers and lights. And my mom actually came down to an agreement with me. She was like, okay, I see you're getting paid. You're being safe. I know the people you're working with. I know their parents. You keep up your grades. You can keep doing it. Mm, okay. You get bad grades, you're not allowed to out the house because clearly wow. you're sneaking out. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> right. Yeah, so yeah, I'm like, yeah. all right, well, I got to keep good grades. And I hated school. I hated school a lot. So yeah. what am I going to do? I'm going to cheat my way through or whatever the fuck you want to Figure it out. Look, man, C's get degrees. It is what it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. C's get degrees. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the thing with grades is that I've never, I've never had trouble with, like, really bad grades because I feel like I just think with school, it's school is really simple if you really right. break it down. They tell you what to do. You just have to do it. It's really yeah. that simple. And in high school, I didn't want to do shit. But right. when I came to college, it was like, okay, if I don't do shit, I'm spending and blowing money for no mm, reason. Yeah, right. You got that in the back of your head. Yeah, so especially it's like, with college. And, and the other thing I always tell myself, and you could probably relate to this, is my parents came here with nothing. Right. Yeah. I have no option but to be great. I have no other option. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I can remember. I mean, when because my dad moved to the United States like a year before we came mm-hmm. kind of to 
make it easier. So like he, to figure everything out so that the rest of the family can come. And then I remember moving to uh, like a, a third in Lehigh. Okay. Um, and, uh, I don't. I was almost. I was about to say the exact address. I don't. There's people living there. There's not me. So I can't really <laughs> fucking do that. But basically, in this house, when we got there, it was. It was like uh, we got the living room, and then the basement were the rooms because the rooms yeah. upstairs were uh, rented. And then I remember clearly when we moved. Literally, all there was was just kind of this chair, this like small TV, and then the fridge. There was like a like a um, a bottle of iced tea. That's all there was in the house. And I mean to to see where I'm at now, and this is kind of you really have to think back right. on that. Like that's where you started, and you just like you said, you have no option but to keep going up and up. Um, but yeah, I can I can totally relate to you in that in that way. But but we also left off where we were talking about when you first came to Temple, and then you started right. to doing gigs for free, uh, and you know figuring that out. Okay. Um. So I I was DJing house parties, bro. Those nights, um. Like I said, my parents had a little bit of money, and if I ever asked for money, my dad would always give it. Mm. But shit was a little, shit was a little like shaky at home where I didn't want, I had too much of a pride to ask my dad yeah. or my mom for money. So I'm DJing. I would tell people my rates are seventy five, and they're like, "Yo, we only got forty tonight because it's it's a it's a Wednesday for wine night." Yeah, I'm carrying my speakers seven blocks, coming home, grabbing my turntable, my backpack, carry seven blocks. That night, I'm leaving my equipment at the house and walking home. Yeah. And like, yo, tomorrow I'm going to deposit money, and I'm going to come back with the lift so I can put my speakers in there and come home. Yeah. And then I got into the fraternity life. Um, and how's that? that? <laughs> I, I want to get into the... How, how is that? I mean, how is that compared to the the idea that fraternities i mean talk about two things that people kind of don't really understand fraternities yeah. and djing <laughs> those are two things <laughs> right there it's a deadly combo that's of like that's the title right there <laughs> yeah yo that's true frat boy dj yo frat boy yo there we go that's i'm gonna write that shit down because i'm gonna forget yeah so the with title. greek life i mean my sister and my older cousin were in greek life and that was like the sorority aspect so hmm. Coming into Philly, I felt like being a DJ was an asset to all these fraternities, right? Like, oh, we got a DJ. Like, our new brother is a DJ. Yeah. And my first semester, it was like, it felt very, what's the word I'm looking for? Not natural. Hmm. It wasn't, like it forced? was not organic. Yeah, it was forced. Yeah. And it was like, these guys were just showing me love. And it was like, I can oh, I was yeah, jaded, that would, bro. That like, would bother me. Like, weird. Yeah, like being for, I guess, because when you're a fraternity, you're supposed to, you know, support the people inside. But that would bother me so much if I feel like anything is, like, fake or, or yeah. not genuine. That so would they, bother they me. they wanted me to become their brother. I'm not even pledging at the time. Right. It's like, yo, we want you to be our brother. Okay. But it's like, yo, if you really fucked with me as your brother, wouldn't you make sure I get paid at the end of the night instead of giving me singles and then mm. Venmo me the second half? Like, I've seen 20s yeah. in your hand. I, yeah. I made sure your party rang off. Yeah. I mean, it, that's, yeah, that's true. I mean, that's the thing with those type of, and I don't know. I wonder if sororities are different in that way. They might be. So, they with might, the first they might semester, care more. Yeah. With the first semester, it was like, I was kind of jaded because it was like I was meeting new people. I didn't know anybody. And, it was just like, yo, people are trying to take advantage of my presence and like mm. what I'm really doing and don't really give a fuck about who I really am. Right? Yeah. But I'm like, whatever. I'm just going to play cool and just keep DJing their parties. I'll DJ their parties. I'll DJ their parties. Call it a day. And then the fraternity that I'm part of now, they hired me in the second semester. And from the moment I walked into the house, 
it was, yo, what the fuck? And I'm like, they're like, yo, we would have brought your speakers up if you called us. We were outside. Oh, wow. And I was wow, like, yeah, what? That's crazy, yeah. People carrying my speakers for me? Yeah. And like, I remember, I remember vividly, it was like my best friend Jay was there with me and somebody spilled next to next to my controller my mixer mm-hmm. and before i even looked over they have a brother wiping it down that's crazy yeah like hospitality was on another level so now you're starting to see what this fraternity thing is really about so like, this one is yeah. like oh I, I could get down with this and over time it was like yo let's come play ball it wasn't forced like yo you have to be here tonight there's gonna be mad girls i'll even let you i'll even smoke you up like bro i don't care any about any of that shit bro mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, treat me as a regular human being like you want to be my friend. Get to know me, not the DJ. You know what I mean? Right, because they will probably just see you. Like, right, like, it's just the DJ. Oh, you're here to do this. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Okay, and then through that, then then what? Like, Bro, I got brothers that book me in D.C. every year. Wow. Brothers in Queens that book me in, in Queens yeah. at St. John's University every year. Um, It just opened so many more doors. Though. That's okay. So many doors. And that's why people do frat boys. Not frat boys, fraternities. Yeah. That's, that's what frat boys stick together is the point of this. Like, think about it this way, right? Like, it's already easy enough if you're a business major because you got other business major brothers. Yes. But for somebody to come in and just go to different schools in my organization, have a bed to sleep on, um, and getting paid in different cities, bro, I'll take it. You know what yeah, I mean? <laughs> people people yeah. talk shit about Greek yeah. life all the time, and I tell them no, the same man. thing. Like, you get what you put in, and on campus, I was I was chapter president. I was very social with other organizations. Like, I've won a few awards, and then there's people that come here for the girls and parties, and that's what they leave with. Right. I feel like I left with a lot more because I put in a lot more into hey, it. Yeah, exactly. And you kind of saw both. You had almost kind of had those two experiences of what, mm-hmm. like, maybe not what fraternities are supposed to be versus what they are, right? right. Like, you kind of had those two experiences. So, it's not like, yeah, it's not, it's it, there, like in anything in life, there's like good fraternities, maybe, and bad fraternities. So and like, it could be like the school, it might be like a good fraternity, mm-hmm. but that school has dumbass brothers, right? Ex- or, yeah, exactly. The people, like, the people yeah. inside of it are was fucking it up. So, it's like not the really- guidance was a little off like yeah i'm still i'm i still i still go to my fraternity house and kick it with the young bulls mm. you know what i mean i still do and i spit game to them like look i'm not gonna be the angry alumni that just come in here <laughs> yeah. and shitting on you guys yeah yeah but i'm gonna tell you guys yo go have some fun but also be professional and just don't be a weirdo or incriminate yourself when you do certain things like, yeah don't be scared to have a personality like i'll always spit game to them that's good that's good that you go back and like talk to them as to well to be honest bro i've been I moved out of Philly, uh, what, is about to be November, about five, six months ago. Okay. So when I have Damn, gigs right in before Philly, the... right during COVID, like, oh, okay. yeah. I moved out in like early April, oh, early okay, April. Okay, I so I remember doing 420 at home. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But like I recently, I've been having a lot of Philly gigs, Cherry Hill gigs, and I sleep on the floor in a mm-hmm. bedroom of my frat house. And people think it's like, oh, it's all good and shit. Like, bro, I woke up with sniffles this morning. The heat don't work in the frat house. Yeah. <laughs> especially sleeping on the floor yeah but it's that, cool because you know what i'm here i'm working at least you're able to stay somewhere right yeah yeah whenever you, and, and you're making money so would that, i rather drive an hour and a half and back and forth for four days in a row or would i just stay here and use the assets i have you do you need to do what you can it's i mean part of the dream yeah exactly yeah exactly the struggles are part of it it's not yeah. like it's all sweet it's like it's all there but i don't have the hotel room every night <laughs> yeah you know exactly what I mean? like tomorrow i have a hotel room because ac takes care of us but usually we don't have all the access and right 
or shit like that. Yeah, and the goal is just to get to a point where that is, but you you have to go through certain shit mm-hmm. to get to that point. How do you get respect as a DJ? How do you get respect as a DJ? Like, um, what comes? How? Because I feel like it, the way you're talking and everything that you're saying, it, it seems to me that like that's very important in that world. I think so. Um, yeah, I'll say obviously accolades. You know what I mean? Like your awards slash your big time bookings. Um, what are what are those for you? Do you uh, if you if you can get into any? I mean, do you what are awards for for the like? How do you? How, I, I won't say awards, happen? but like beating competitions. There's there's like battles and competitions. And like DJ battle, right, 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 um, right. Oh, those must be fun. Mm-hmm. That shit must be fun. That isn't that. That would be just I guess who can play the better set, right? Who can play a better set? But then it comes into depending on the battle. Like I battled one time, and you're judged on your music choice, your creativity. How clean you are. So if your transitions don't sound clean or yes. like smooth, obviously this points off. Yes. How technical you are, how well, which means how well aware you are with your equipment. Like some DJs will just press play, right? <laughs> yeah, and right. Go left, cross this off, yeah. left to right. Exactly. And then there's some people that would do like some funky shit with like the cue points, a bunch of technical <laughs> shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love um, that technical shit. You can, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, I don't So I don't creativity, song selection, crowd reaction. Um, how clean you are in music choice. It's something that's what I was like judged on, and I think everything has its own criteria of winning. Um, awards for me, I don't have any DJ awards. I don't. Um, but I tell you, my job is to make sure the GM knows my face and knows how well of a set I played every night. And yeah. I think by just playing humble, playing good music, rocking the party, and doing good business gets your respect up, and then. Then the second thing for me is creating a community of people that are wolves, right? You surround yourself with wolves, and you're the last wolf. You surround yourself with seven broke people, you'll be the eighth one. Right. So yeah. being around other good DJs, like my best friend's on radio. Mm. My best friend is on Q102. That's cool. You know what I mean? And he's on he's on slot once a week. That's cool. Yeah, that's... uh. Right, and and it, that 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 goes with the respect thing that you were also talking about, just mm-hmm. also who you surround yourself with. When you're DJing, do you get to interact with the people around you? Like, do you do that, or do you have to mostly just focus on DJing? Or a little there... bit of both. Um, I'm an asshole. I don't let anybody in the DJ booth. Oh, really? I don't like. There's too much equipment in here. There's not enough space. Hold on, I'd rather have. Just die. Let me go. Through. But you can keep talking. I I'd rather have like. Me and my four best friends in the booth than random girls, right? Because these random girls, what do they want? What do they really want? What do they want? Free know. liquor, maybe. Nah. Maybe clout. Because look, I was on the DJ booth. Some Snapchat videos. At the end of the day, bro, you're a liability. You spill a drink on my turntable mixer on my laptop mid-set. I'm not getting booked. I'm not, I'm not able to finish this gig or get booked next week. So you know what? I'm good. Say the fuck out my booth. You want a song request? Yo, it's twenty dollars. Is that is that really you charge for that? Depending on where I am and your approach, yeah. Oh wow, interesting. I, I don't even think that's that bad actually. Twenty dollars. I don't think so, good. man. Like you yeah. want to listen to a song, plug your fucking AirPods in and put up, <laughs> open up Spotify. <laughs> that ass, like, what the fuck are you at a club for? <laughs> Especially during COVID, bro. Like, first of all, you come to my booth with no mask on. Then you're like trying to come into my ear. Like, get the fuck away from me. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. It's like it's not your. Yeah, exactly. You you can choose to listen to whatever the fuck you want to at any moment. I made a list a few few days ago on Twitter, and I was like, look, if you're not a DJ, you're not with the DJ, you're not paying the DJ, get the fuck out the booth. Mm, that's yeah. it. Like, if you're not with the DJ, you're not the DJ. If you're not paying the DJ, then you shouldn't be in the booth. Yeah, because that's just disrupting. Yeah. I mean, I've seen plenty of, like, instances of, uh, like, if you ever, like, viral videos of people fucking up, like, mm-hmm. the DJ sets and shit. Just shit going down in that area. Yeah, I can't even imagine. That must, that, that must be a fucking nightmare. too risky for me, man. Just, for, just to have, like, three cute girls in the DJ booth. It's not worth it to me. Yeah. No. Is that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and you mentioned COVID. How has that affected everything that you've been doing? So at first, it was like, we were all scrambling, right? Because mm-hmm. when March hit, it was like the second week of March, we are all scrambling. We just went from DJing in the clubs, packed out. Next week, it's like, it's ghost town. Mm-hmm. So now, at one point, we were all learning how to stream using OBS, using green yeah. screens, using flashes. Yeah, there was, I mean, and yeah, obviously, uh, what the fuck is his name? There was one DJ on Instagram uh, when he was on Instagram Live. D-Nice? D-Nice. He was the one that kind of like really popped off. Yeah, because he had, that apparently he brokered a deal with Instagram mm. or like, or it was a three-way deal with Instagram and one of the record pool, or not record pools, record labels. Yeah. So if he was to play any songs, he doesn't get kicked off because he's verified by right. all Whoa, this, all these yeah. things. Wow, that's So like crazy. Jazzy Jeff, he'll probably never get kicked off on Instagram Live right. because he has roots and it's probably like, there's some, there's, there's some deal going on with copywriting. Yeah. Whereas... I remember when Instagram Live first came on, I used to be on it an hour a day and not get kicked off. And then copyright came in. I played one Drake song, I'm kicked off. Damn. So That's after rough. that, we learned streaming. Um, we learned... At one point, it was like... Funny story. At one point, we all moved into my best friend's house. Okay. Because all his roommates went to spring break at Drexel. And they're like, yo, we're not coming back. So there's six bedrooms in there. So we're like, fuck it. We're going to just make this place a dojo. You're producing in one room. You're working on your scratches in another room. Like, we're learning how to cook. We're working. We're recording mixes every day. And it's like it's like a workhouse from 9 yeah. to 5 or like 9 to 9, actually. Like, around the clock, we're just working. Somebody's some. We might be drinking and partying, but most of it is like based around DJ. Honing your craft. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like, that was an era. And when that, during that era, we learned how to stream. And then after that, things started opening up outside, outdoors events, like table service. Mm-hmm. And that was a learning curve, too, because I feed off of energy off of the dance floor. Now these people aren't allowed to dance except for stand up at their chairs. Right. Yeah. So now a lot of people come I've, and I, I've, I've had the opportunity to play at the spot consistently because of my best friend was booked there. And excuse me, um, I've seen DJs come in as guest DJs and they still play their club set. And it's like, damn, homie, you have yeah, you not can. been working. You have not been working. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You haven't noticed things have changed. Yeah, yeah things are a changed. lot different. Like, yeah, the way I play is a little different than what I was playing seven months ago. And mm. obviously there's evolution, but it's also like reading the crowd. You know, I can't, I can't play twerk music all night if there's no dance floor <laughs> yeah everybody has is sitting down with their masks on you're playing fucking yeah. wop <laughs> yeah i mean look i'll still play wop yeah, yeah, yeah. by the time the night gets well, yeah, night gets yeah. late you know what i mean it it gets a little lit the rules kind of bend and people are dancing at their tables but 
Now I'm DJing at a steakhouse, which I never fucking, ex- I never imagined this shit. Yeah, that's crazy. DJing at a steakhouse. That's, <laughs> that's not, crazy. And it's like, okay. How the fuck was that? What was that? Can you please get into Mad that. Fun, that sounds bro. crazy. Mad fun. Really? It's okay. like I told you, I want to do upscale, sexier vibe, loungy right. shit. Yeah. What am I doing at a steakhouse that's by a pool? Mm. Right? So I'm playing up house, up, upscale, uptempo, sexier, loungy shit. Yeah. And I was like, yo, I could get down with this. And then. The owner comes up to me, and I know the owner, and he's like, look, this is going to be the bridge between, like, um, luxury dining and nightlife. I don't want it to be Mm. on, I don't want it to be black, I don't want it to be white, I want it right in the middle, like, I want you to tie it in. Yeah. So I'm still playing some, I'm still playing some party bangers or, like, remixes, but I'm still keeping it, like, a vibe. Yeah, that's cool. So it's been a learning curve for everybody, I think, and some people are ahead of the curve, some people are behind, like, I'll say my best friend is DJing at a liquor store. Okay, <laughs> but not like it's not like on a Tuesday we're showing up. It's like we're he's making mixes like twelve hours of mixes for their stores. They have multiple stores, so he's making mixes for like twelve twelve hours of music every every month and sending them out. And it's a corporate check, bro. Oh, you know what I mean? Right. He's making a green screen video once every two weeks for Yo, them. Yeah, no, you, that's true. I just realized because I was like, I was kind of confused. I was like, at a liquor store, but the, what you're saying with the actual mix and sending it in, and the fact that it's like you said, it's, it's corporate. just a radio. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. it. I mean, corporate. I mean, any corporate. Have you? But that's the thing they say. Don't they say it's like even though corporate pays a lot, it's it's also like shitty. It's like a bad experience. I mean, look, I'm not working corporate. I'm getting mm. corporate money, right? Mm. So it's okay. like the corporate is the corporate is just cutting the check. Right. But look, would you rather DJ on your Instagram live for 12 people <laughs> right. or would you rather get it would you rather get a check? Yeah, yeah, at that, that point, yeah, fuck that. It doesn't matter. Um okay, I like want to go you're booked, you're booked, yeah. right? Right. You you that's the whole point Some is Some people haven't been booked in 7 months. Mm. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I was about to play a, a sound effect. I don't see. Any... I don't. I, I, I fucking need that, man. I keep. That's the second time my guest has told me that I need that fucking sound effect, and I always forget. I have this. That's not good. Yes, that, that, <laughs> that doesn't make sense in this concert. It does for the people that haven't worked in seven oh, months. Oh yeah, let me do that again. That's true. Yeah, I feel bad for y'all. Um, yo, you know what's crazy? Well, I, I just wanted to ask you to like, what was the first? At one moment you're like, okay, this is working. Now like DJing is working. Yeah, because um, like you said, for a while you're obviously doing it for free and you're trying to get the experience and you're learning. But what's the moment was like, okay, this is going somewhere that you can remember? Because that's always interesting. It goes for anybody. two ways because I was doing a lot of weddings as a roadie. A roadie is one of the guys that helps out, lifts mm. equipment, sets it right. up, breaks it down, and the company I work for, bro, I was getting paid like. Three four hundred dollars for one day just to pick up speakers. That's just not not just to pick up speakers. But part but like, of yeah, bro. I'm I'm literally just setting up and breaking down and assisting, right? So imagine yeah. how much the DJ is making when I get to that level in that company. I don't know, but yeah. So I was getting paid early college for that shit, but to DJ itself, I think when I first got Noto and then I got Noto again the next month and then the next month and then it became a ten months in a row, like once a month. One Saturday out of the month for the next ten months. That's where you're like, okay, I'm like, I'm okay, good. this is what I want to do for for sure. Like, I knew, I knew for a fact that's what I wanted to do. Where'd you go to school? Like in Temple, uh, cl- like what? Uh, Klein, Klein. So it's, uh, the communications, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, area. So I was a Fox student, Fox School of mm, Business. Okay. I was an accounting major for two years, and I looked around my classroom one day, and I was just like, 
I don't want to sit next to these pricks in suits. <laughs> no. Bro, that's so funny you say that real quick. I don't want to interrupt you, but I really? remember like in, in, in orientation day, not or the, the, the uh, welcome week or, or welcome day. You know when they do that event where they're welcoming all the accepted students yeah, yeah, yeah. at Temple? And there's like a moment where like people have to go to the different areas of their majors. And at this point, I wasn't a business major, but I had told my dad I was a business major. Um, and we had to stay at the business like event. Bro, I was like, there's no fucking way I'm doing business, man. For major. four years, and then for the rest of my life, fuck that Bro, I was shit. looking at these people around and what they were talking about, and everybody, I was like, there's no way. I can't do mm-hmm. this. I, I'm just not this formal of a person. I would right. die in this sort of formal situation. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I can't do this. And, and, and But yeah, I can only... I felt the same way that you felt, probably, seeing everybody in suits and, like, paying attention. Right. I was like... Not like cool very, everything's this, always serious. It's like these, no. These kids are going to class in suits, and I'm <laughs> that's crazy. I'm like, but that's crazy. I'm like, bro, I'm not doing this for another two years, and then I'm not going to an office for the rest of my life till I'm retiring and sit with these pricks in suits. Yeah, I'm not doing it. So I switched yeah. my major. I went to Klein. Okay, you know what I mean. And then the kid that was sitting in front of me is now the kid taking pictures of me at Noto. Mm. The kid sitting next to me in my other class is is like mixing, mastering my mixes. I bring yeah. I bring over a case of beers and a pizza and we're just it's a block away from my house. So now I'm making friends in the field I'm doing it in. Yes. And Very now important. I have friends that make my logos and my graphics and all that stuff. And they're all inclined. So, that's that's yeah. all Klein shit. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So that's that was true. a blessing. That that's was a great. huge blessing. That's definitely yeah, that 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 yeah, that makes sense. Okay, we're winding down here. We've been recording for an hour. This Jesus was an Christ. amazing conversation. A lot of interesting shit. Let's do this, because, you know, I don't want to yeah. get incriminated. People are like, yo, you're giving handshakes on camera. Yo, it's man, COVID. We got soap and water right there, bro. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we wash our hands. Uh, you know, we have one of those. Uh, soap kills it, I hear. So isn't that crazy that something just, just washing your hands can kill COVID and then all these people are dying? That's kind of nuts. People are fucking stupid. That's though. true. People are, and the people are dirty as fuck, too. So it's yo, like, you know what, though? Like, I don't want to incriminate nobody, but. Like, COVID gave me a good reason to tell people to stay the fuck away from me. Oh. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, nah, you can't get in on this. Nah, I feel you. You don't even got to go further than that. All right, to, the way to end this episode, because I always struggle, because I, I still haven't come up with a good segment to end these episodes, because it's always, I don't know, it feels awkward at the end to, like, end it. But I guess I'll say, what do you, what's, one last thing you just want to say to the people people listening. It could be about whatever. Anything you would like to Shit. tell them if they're listening. Now you have like a spot. Okay, you know, for these last whatever, minute, 30 seconds, I'm going to tell you this. And I want you to listen to me. What would you say to them? Yo, so this is going to be a bunch of scrambled thoughts. Just go, um, go off, bro. But the one thing I could tell the listeners or anybody that I really want to talk to or like anybody listening, it's yeah. like... I'm a huge Nipsey fan, so it's all about mm. a marathon. Like, it's all about the marathon. Yeah. You you take two steps back, it's fine. You take five steps back, it's fine. You just got to just... You get confused, you just work harder and keep moving forward. Because at the end of the day, you have to trust yourself to move forward, right? And you probably had mad trust in yourself to have all this set up. And this probably wasn't day one, right? Mm-mm. And... Every day is progress, 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 progress. You might step back, but then progress, progress, progress. I've been DJing for 10 years, and I didn't see my first name. I didn't see my face on the flyer till nine years in. But you know what? 
it's a marathon. Mm-hmm. I've seen people come in here, get burnt out, and they became retired in like a year. But <laughs> yeah, whatever come, whatever gets built overnight falls the next morning. And Rome wasn't built in a day, right? So I just I think that's what I would leave people off with. Like everything takes time, and just stay patient. Just keep your head down till it's time to shine. All right, that is a beautiful way to end this. Um, wait, that's not what I wanted to play. Hold on. <laughs> Where's the sound? Well, I guess I don't see it. Um, wait, where is it? It's like a. I, I thought I had a. Uh, I'm ruining your last words. I'm sorry about this. Jesus Christ, where the Mario. fuck? Yeah, my bad. I don't know where the fuck is it. Nah, now Where's just because you did that, bro, we gotta play that Ladio dude on. Uh, on YouTube. <laughs> oh, yeah, we gotta play that motherfucker for the song. This is what I wanted to play. And some wisdom right there. All right, Ron B, thank you so much for doing this episode. This was an amazing episode. Thank you a for lot of me. jewels in there for anybody who's listening. Pay attention. There was a lot to learn from there and there. Um, yeah, thank you so much for doing this episode, and I'll see you guys in episode 95 next week. Thank you for listening. Psych, the episode is not done. Um, now I'm doing outros for every episode. I think this is what I'm going to do moving on to kind of reflect on what that episode was that I told, I told Rambi, I told him, uh, as he was leaving that I think that might've been the best episode in a while. He's definitely one of my favorite guests I've ever had on the podcast because he's just a great speaker. And I mean, you know, when I'm doing a podcast, it's really all I want. It's just, I'm going to have great speakers on a podcast. And, uh, he was that. And I mean, I found his story fascinating with just, the you know, the, everything you have to do when you're a DJ, you know, that the misconceptions, like the struggles that you go through, like the journeys that you have to go through, um, and everything that he talked about, I thought it was all interesting. So that was definitely one of my favorite episodes I've done in a while. Um, so yeah, that was it for this episode. Make sure you follow him on his social media. So I'm going to put all that in the description of this episode. Also, make sure you follow me at Eladio Talks, E-L-A-D-I-O Talks, on Instagram and Twitter if you want to follow me and know what I am keeping, uh, you know, if you want to keep up with me and know what I'm doing. Uh, those are my social medias. Also, make sure you follow the brand's social media at My Empty Opinions on Instagram and Twitter to know all the content that I'm putting out through there. Um, and, um, you know, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Please rate it five stars and leave a review. If you do leave a review, this is what happens. Um, You know, I read it out loud in the episode. So the last review, this review actually came out October 6th. And I hadn't checked because usually nobody ever leaves a review. But uh, this is from The Dominican 13. Amazing podcast, exclamation marks. It has five stars. This is a great podcast as it serves more five stars than reviews. Now that I'm looking at this, I think this might have been my sister <laughs> being supportive. I appreciate you, Garmin, if that was you. If not, um, I appreciate whoever did it, regardless. So there you go. I read your reviews out loud if you leave a review on the podcast. Uh, and also, if you're on YouTube, make sure to subscribe on the YouTube channel. You know, hit the, notifi- hit the notification bell to know when new episodes come out. You know, like this video. If you like this video, comment your favorite part of this whole podcast and share this episode with a friend if you think they might enjoy it. And, um, you know, that's about it for this episode. That that was a great episode. That was episode 94. Uh, and I'll see you guys next week for episode 95. And I guess if you're listening to the very end, um, I appreciate you.
you know, my sister, what she does on her YouTube channel, if, if anybody watches till the end, they comment a specific phrase, but that feels too weird. So, um, <laughs> that, that feels kind of too, like, uh, fake for me. You know what I mean? I appreciate that you guys are watching till the end, uh, but I don't want to make you do extra effort. Just know that, you know, if you, uh, I, I hear you or I see you, I don't see you or hear you. I have no idea if there's anybody even listening or watching to the end of this episode, but I just want to say, I really fucking appreciate you. You're why I do this. And, um, I love you. That might come on too strong, but I, I, uh, I just had to say it. All right. That's enough for this episode. Let me fucking wrap this up real quick. That was episode 94 of the empty appearance podcast. And I'll catch you guys next week for episode 95. Peace.